Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome. This is your chair. Stepping around the, the this Katie's dog that will <laughs> legitimately not move the entire time. No, we did when we had. Oh, yeah, she did. She came. Yeah, to she check came in out. with plenty of energy. But she's quickly. In. What? It was very weird. She doesn't like the tile, so the dog like she creeps across the she tile. She slips. She doesn't slip. She just doesn't like the she feeling of it on her. because she's so careful. She's she's too careful. Um, all right. Good. I'm going to put this in airplane mode. Fine. Good. Yes. Do it. Uh, this is very exciting because I feel like for years, every time I see you, I'm like, why don't you do that? Just a little, just, just gentle pokes. <laughs> when are we going to get you on the podcast? I know. I know. It's been a, a long time coming. I'm finally here. How did this happen? How did we do this? You pegged me down on a day I was actually in LA. Yes. <laughs> where are you normally? I'm all over the place, but most recently in New York because that's where we shoot Gotham. Nice. Yeah. That's nice to hear that. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like hearing the Gotham shot in New York and not... Uh, it's perfect, right? I mean, it has to be. It absolutely I is. Think. Well, Pittsburgh and Chicago were also suitable substitutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, just not like Vancouver for New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with Vancouver. I've well, done that. Chris, it's just it doesn't work. I hate when to break it When is somebody going to gonna shoot Vancouver for Vancouver? It's such a beautiful <laughs> city, right? <laughs> When's someone going to appreciate Vancouver? Gotham exists with New York in the DC universe. Gotham is there. And so is New York. And so is Metropolis. And depending on which map you're looking at, Metropolis is very close to. Anyway, don't worry about it. I think they should just build a whole separate. When are we going to just build Gotham? When are we going to just take a plot of land? Just oh, not- we'll see how these movies do, guys. That's what and they then they done will to revitalize Detroit. <laughs> just tear it down and they make should've... it Gotham. They don't even have to tear it down. Just put some criminals and villains and then and some superheroes in there. And don't forget some gargoyles. Let them run around the empty buildings downtown. Love it. Love it. That's what we got. to Great do. idea. Uh... Uh, but you, you've worked on... I only just found out that you were the voice of Gideon on The Flash. I only just found out, too. Really? No, I'm kidding. I, well, I obviously did it, but I... Um, I was having the weirdest out. conversations. <laughs> it was... Uh, it was Yeah, it was a total surprise. I kind of didn't want to make a big thing about it. I wanted to see if people would notice. And a lot of fans did. It was really amazing. It's a neat show. It's I fun. Love, I love it. It's really fun. It's fun to do. It's fun to do any kind of voice thing. You've done a lot of superhero voice I stuff, have, right? I have. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really fun. You get to just roll in and like yourself, you know, from yeah, the gym. Just get to roll in the from, from the gym. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah. No, I apologize. I, I should have gotten dressed up or something. Or I should. I mean, you could have put pants on. I only look like this because I did press before this. Otherwise, I would have no makeup on. <laughs> what? Have you been doing a ton of press for Gotham? Yeah. Coming yeah. Around? We yeah we premiered Monday. Um, and then you know we're just doing a big push for the next couple weeks how's press going is fantastic it, we all good? love it we love press what do you mean what's not to love you get to sit and talk about yourself for hours I'm on end curious what your number one what do you get the most questions about firefly question about firefly coming I've back it. i've seen it yeah um questions about you know what it's like to work on the show what my favorite part of the show is but it's really usually the same questions over and over again and you have to give generic answers because you can't give things away I don't know who I don't know. I don't know how it helps anybody really. But it's you know it's such soundbite culture. I know, right. 
all they all they right. want to get is to hear like Marina says working on Gotham is great. Like they yeah, just right, want, exactly. They just want, oh great, I should watch the show. <laughs> she says it's great. She says it's great. I guess well, I it's should like probably watch it's the like show. when Robin does the news on Stern and she just goes. Uh, uh, we're talking about the new movie uh, on 3F and then Howard just presses a button and they play the clip and then they come back. <laughs> That's literally all it is. Yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Uh, but it is... It, I would love for people who were not in the entertainment business to just have to experience a press day. Just experience a radio yeah. tour from 6 to 8 a.m. Yeah. and then a press junket and really right. just see right. see what that feels like because I think it's... I think people would be surprised at how mentally exhausting it actually is. Yeah, I mean, is. I don't want to be a jerk and complain as like champagne problems, but still, like, it really takes a lot of energy. And you're constantly having to reinvent the same question over and over again. So you sound a little bit different and remotely interesting. And you really kind of can't say shit. You yeah. know, you can't be like, well, what happens is, is I sleep with this guy and then I turn around and kill that person. And, then, yeah. you know, you can't say anything. Oh, also on Batman, like you can't really right. give away. <laughs> you should just start right. Batman. You should, yeah. you should also just start giving away weird fake, Other spo- things, yeah. weird fake spoilers yeah. for things. Yeah, I'm going to be Batman this season. Right. Just you should gonna start making stuff up. Going away from the That's Bruce Wayne idea. thing. Yeah, I'm there's going to be a that. Firefly uh, flash match. Cro- a crossover. A crossover yeah. this year. Yeah. Nathan Fillion's coming on as a guest. Um, <laughs> it's going to be great. I think that would be... Th- how can you not do that? I feel like you have a responsibility to do <laughs> to shit like start that. start rumors. Yes, who cares? You're not going to, I mean, it's like, it's, like, it's not illegal. I mean, it's, you're not going to get, you know, no one's going to fire you over it. It's just, you're just creating. Really? I don't think so. I think you're probably, you know, somebody's probably hoping somebody does that, right? Make it fun. At this point, I think you're unfireable. At this point, you are, you, you are in it enough that I think, I think you're unfireable. I'll tell you what, when I feel like being fired, I'll try it out. And you know what's going to happen? It's going to end up being – whenever people take that approach, uh, it ends up being the thing that completely blows up in an insane way. Because you're usually right. – you know, when you do that, you're sort of freed up from any fear. You don't give a shit about anything anymore. And there's something right. about that that people really respond to. They do. Yeah, you get your own show that way. You absolutely <laughs> would get your own show. Do that thing where you don't give a shit anymore. Right, right. I don't know. I don't know am I supposed to do that? But you, when you came on the our BBC show mm-hmm. – you were really funny. I really didn't give a shit. I know. No, so <laughs> I worked so hard just, on that. You just proved what I said. You're legitimately funny. And I, and so do you ever – is this something that you've ever thought you wanted to play with more in, in, in film and yeah, television? Yeah, for sure. Um, I got a, a little chance of doing it on Spy. Um, I had some really, really – a really good time um, on that movie. And occasionally here and there I'll get to be funny as my character, but – um, you know, there's this weird thing called typecasting in Hollywood. I don't know if you've heard of it. But as soon as you do, like, one thing, they kind of just want you to do that thing over and over again. But, we, you know, we try. We try to kind of find interesting projects that are a little different. But I think that's what's so great about internet culture now being an outlet for, like, oh, you could do something for Funny or Die, or you could just make a weird thing, and, and, pe- and start to, people would start to see exactly. that side of you without having to commit yeah. to a, a whole yeah. project. yeah. But d- so that stuff just doesn't come in, or it it very rarely does, and and when it does, it's sort of a fight to really get in there. Um, but you know, I I've done it, and it's been really really rewarding when I have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the group. Uh, I'm so sorry to go back to Firefly. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it's a good fucking show. <laughs> but that, uh, but that, you know, most of that group of people, super funny. Yeah, very. Fillion's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tudyk's, yeah. Tudyk's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so it just it just seemed like uh, and Christina's really funny. Christina Hendricks is yeah, really funny she is. too. She is. So is it you know when you guys are making that show? Uh, this was really kind of at the beginning of oh something may not necessarily succeed in terms of Hollywood, right? But it has this incredible life. You know, like I think yeah. that was the beginning of internet communities really bolstering you yeah. know a, a show yeah that was sort of that was the beginning i think of all of that happening um it was kind of remarkable to see how like you know we all thought we were in a failed failure of a show and nobody cared nobody watched and then you know within like i think a year and a half we were doing a big budget universal version of it you know and all because of the fans really yeah i think it would be 
I know everyone at, I'm sure, I know people are eager like oh you guys got to make more but at this point I don't know how you would get everyone together I mean I everyone's it's gone impossible. off it would be impossible no impossible. they made Wet Hot American Summer they can do anything <laughs> <laughs> it only took how many years <laughs> I mean I think it would it would probably really just take Joss going no fuck all of you I directed Avengers and I'm, the next movie I'm doing is another Firefly movie right. like he would he would really have Everybody'd to be like okay yeah okay I guess we'll do that I honestly I just really think the problem is scheduling like of how do you would deal be. with like five just even like five people's schedules you know what I mean yeah did, yeah. did you cue the gardeners just for me I did actually they're gonna come in and um, they're just gonna weed cool. whack some of the rug and, cool. uh, and we like to we don't make, sweep in here we just we'd like to make, we we just like to make blow these it. people right. chase where you have as many outer uh, exterior <gasps> forces to contend Can't with wait. Yeah. Like being in my house. Yeah, and then uh, we have a we have a whole orchestra of screaming children. It's mm. going to come in, and then the property brothers are coming by to replace these windows. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love the property brothers. Are you watching any of the HGTV shows? A little. I have to say, I I watch very limited television. I'm a horrible person. I just don't have time. That doesn't make you a bad person. That no, makes it you a busy Chris. person. But I, it's my industry. I need to watch more. You know what I mean? I I I just started watching Transparent, which is incredible and has been out there now for a little while. It's and hard though. It's an internet show. Don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's hard though because when you, you know, I, I find that I don't watch as much comedy, mm-hmm. but comedy is my business, but I, mm-hmm. but I do it all day so when I go home, right, I sort of feel like, I want to watch something else. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. why I watch HGTV. Mm-hmm. That's right. That, you know, at the Emmys, one of the, one of the property brothers was like, if you ever want us to come over and help at your house, and I said, Sure. Are they? Is it? They are like a renovation. One of them is a real estate agent, and the Mm. other one's a contractor. Oh, I see. And they're twins. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and uh, And they're weirdos. They're delightful. I love those guys. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's like their whole backstory is fascinating to me. How they were like they were amateur magicians when they were kids. I'm like, of course, twins that are magicians from Canada. I think it's rad. (laughs) They're like the Sklar brothers of magic. (laughs) Do you watch a lot of comedy? I do watch a lot of, I mean, not a ton, but I, you know, what I can, because like you said, I'm in a lot of drama shows, and so it's nice to go home and watch something totally different. What did you do in, did you go to college? I did. I went to Juilliard. Oh, that is. Come on, that's not fair. You don't get to react that fancy. way. Fancy, Jesus. <laughs> you just raised the class level of this room up several, several rungs. All right, all right, settle down. I even kind of like how you kind of tried to make it sound like I went to Juilliard. Like it. Well, no matter how you say it, you're yeah. a jerk. Like no. I go, I sometimes I go like I went to this place in New York called Juilliard. They're like, shut up. I know what that fucking. Well, school just say is. I went to a small acting school in New York. <laughs> all right, exactly. <laughs> Julie, something, something. <laughs> I don't get know. It. Well, the thing is, though, I mean, I think you. It doesn't. You don't sound like an asshole because you have to earn your way into that school. Yes, I think. You do. I think that's one of the things about Juilliard that is impressive is that you i assume that you really just don't buy your way in no you can't you earn your way in and let me tell you you earn your way out (laughs) (laughs) it is four years of really hard work what do they make you do at Juilliard? Is it, do you have to study the history of uh, drama Every, and acting? I mean, everything you can think of. You do. I got a BFA. If you don't want a BFA, you just want a certificate. You don't have to do like the academic classes, which is like the theater history stuff, poetry class, humanities, literature, all the stuff. Um, but then, in addition to that, you're doing like three to four hours of vocal training a day and speech training, and you're doing mask work and body movement and dance and. Um, you're every night you're rehearsing a play. You put up like three or four plays a year. Uh, it's like a twelve-hour day I wish thing. Mask work meant you were just working on Jim Carrey's The Mask. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even know what that meant. I don't. Yeah. Doesn't All right. Up. How about Mask, the movie with Eric uh, Stoltz. Stoltz? I wouldn't know how to do that. Okay, yeah. there you go. Great. No. Great. That's what you're yeah, working the on. The dramatic training. Yeah. I mean, that is an incredible. So that's that just goes on for four years. Yes, oh a version God. of that. Yeah. And, and when you emerge from that. How many? What percentage of people do you go? Oh yeah, I don't ever want to do this <laughs> shit again. Like, does, do you think it cures anyone of wanting well, to be a performer? Well, my class, you know, when we started, we had twenty people. Eleven graduated. Eleven or twelve graduated. Did they tell you to look to the left and look to the right on the first <laughs> Basically. day. <laughs> Basically, I mean, a lot of people drop out because they're like, you know what, this isn't for yeah. me. And like, a lot of people drop out and have careers. Like, mm-hmm. Wes Bentley was in my class, you know, and they just some people are just like, why am, why am I sitting here going, you know, like learning vocal stuff when I can just go out there and work? Right. And it's just different for different people. Of course, you know? Wes Bentley had a career with a name like that. <laughs> How can you not? What did you? What made you stay? 
Um, I was super young when I started. I was 17. And so what else was I going to do? Um, and I was, I don't know, I thought it was really important to hone my craft. <laughs> <laughs> that is important. I laugh because I spent probably two years right out of school unlearning everything I learned in order to fit in more in the business um, because I wasn't getting the jobs that I was trained for right. at school. You know, I wasn't getting those shows on Broadway where I get to play a 97-year-old grandmother or I wasn't, you know, <laughs> it just wasn't, that's not how really how the industry works. And so that the school I hear now is a little bit more updated as far as that goes. You know, yep. they're a little more in, in tune with the industry. But I felt when I left that I was really, really prepared, overly prepared for a lot of jobs I was never going to get. And I, I do think it's probably pretty interesting to have spent four years at Juilliard and then you're basically – you go right into it and you're auditioning for like Lady Crying and Law and & Order SVU. That's exactly what my first audition was, by the way. And she's Hispanic <laughs> because they have to typecast you. Of course. Um, with a name like Morena. Um, but no, and, and I don't mean to talk shit about the school because obviously, you know, I stayed for four years. I think it has some really valuable things to it. Um, I do feel that the the basis and like the the training I got there prepared me for anything. Like I can literally, you can throw me into any situation, acting wise, on a set, on a play, or whatever, and I can like I'll be like I might freak out for ten minutes, and then I'll be like, all right, I can do this. Sure, you know. Well, I think that's the inherent value, and in, is then I think yeah. I think learning, you know, because so many times I, uh, it's 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 so easy to uh, rush to things that you want to do, mm-hmm. but I think being in situations where you're forced to do stuff for your craft that you don't want to do. I right. feel like that's where a lot of learning happens because you have to figure out how to adapt. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you also have to learn in this business how to deal with a lot of people who don't know how to communicate what they want. And I find that that, that learning, that that teaching in conservatories kind of prepares you for that a little bit because you, you learn how to do your work on your own. Like you learn how to get to where you need to get using your own tools. You can't rely on other people to be able to take you there. Has it – this is going to sound like a crazy question – but do you find that uh, – I mean, you're a very attractive lady. Hey, thanks. Do you find that that has uh, – I'm real good at bars. Uh, very, <laughs> I'm engaged now. I don't have to worry you about are a very attractive lady. I would like to buy you a drink. You are, I could not help but notice that you are attractive <laughs> at the end of this bar, and I have a drink that you would, might enjoy. Um, <laughs> does, do you ever find that because – you were talking about typecasting before. If you want to do more character stuff, they're like, no, you should play this leading role. But you're like, no, I want to play this weird – Weird mm-hmm. side character. Do you find that that's almost been a, a hindrance for stuff that you want to do? No, I want to play the leading roles. Okay. <laughs> no, honestly, I mean, I've never been in a situation where I'm like, oh, but that tiny role is more interesting. Only because um, I've slowly grown up in the industry. Like, it's taken me some time to get to where I am. And I've done uh, those smaller roles. I've done interesting roles. I've done, you know, smaller things here and there. Sure. Um, I enjoy it all. But... I'm ready for the big guns. I was springboarding off the idea that you said, like, oh, they're not going to let you play the 97-year-old lady. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's. I would love to play the 97-year-old lady. (laughs) If she's the lead, Chris. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If the movie's called 97-year-old lady. If it's Philomena and Judi Dench comes up with a lame leg, they call in Miranda Baccarat. She comes in there. (laughs) I I remember. Did you just see a sunfish in Boston? Yeah. Because you're doing that. It's a wicked big sunfish. A wicked big (laughs) sunfish. But but I, I what's interesting is that but, um, uh, I had pitched I was pitching a show a couple years ago and I it was the, the showrunner guy I go you know I don't want to be the lead guy I don't need to be I don't need to be the guy and he goes no trust me you want to be the guy mm-hmm. like you kind of want to be the guy it just gives you more it just gives you more options yeah yeah and, and if you're going to work that hard you might as well get the praise for it <laughs> <laughs> did you go to the Emmys? I did it was fun yeah yeah Andy did a good job I he did, did a, a good job. job he did a good job I I have to say, though, those ladies, Tina Fey and um, Amy Poehler, when they host the Globes, and, and they're, like, they are my favorite hosts, I think, for anything Well, so they're far. legitimately two of the funniest human beings Ever. on the planet. Ever. I mean, individually, they're amazing. And then together, they're this like, comedy they're Voltron. They're perfect. Yeah. Um, but he did a fantastic job. I love that whole opening TV, like, go in a bunker to watch all the shows <laughs> thing. It's such a thankless... Yeah. Hosting an award show is such a thankless it is, yeah. thing. Yeah. Because everyone's Cause, already judged it. Because they're boring. Yeah. They're like, okay, watch another, you know, award. Great. But I also think what uh, what people at home don't understand is that at all the award shows, all the televised award shows, 
a lot of the audience are seat fillers because yeah. celebrities come and That's go. So funny they, to me. They come in for their, you know, they'll go to the bathroom or they're like, oh my, I lost my award already, or I won. So I'm, I'm leaving. Leave. Yeah. I'm leave. Yeah. You know, so like entire productions, if their show loses, they'll just get up and fucking leave. Yeah. And then they have to fill it with these people that just are, random people, yeah, and they're yeah. like sitting in the audience, like, I wonder what that is next to so and so. So they're not even paying attention. Is that his girlfriend. They're not even yeah. paying attention to the show yeah. at all. It's just sort of a weird dynamic. Do you yeah. feel comfortable? Do you feel comfortable around all that stuff? Are you good socially? I I was really nervous when I first did it, and then you get used to it. At a certain point, you develop a numbness to that stuff. I think, yeah, you know, like a sort of healthy numbness to it, and you realize how ridiculous it all is. Right. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I will stand up there and I will deliver a speech <laughs> that will make you cry, and I will be so happy to get that Emmy. But it all, like, when you stand back and look at it, it's all a little insane. And my my um, the only time I've been nominated for an Emmy, I was pregnant when I went I was like nine months pregnant and I it gave me such a great perspective on all of it you know here I was like about to pop and all of this, these people running around all the stuff going on and I was just like who cares what if you had gone into labor while accepting your award I kind of wish that and then happen. halfway through they were trying to give you the wrap-up sign and the orchestra <laughs> yeah. was trying to play you off but you were just having a baby well that would have been amazing <laughs> if, you're, if you ever decide to have another baby do it on, at do, the stage do, do, do it while accepting an I'll award the cast of Grey's Anatomy has to deliver it because <laughs> yeah. they're the closest to doctors in there <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> It's like exactly. Is there a doctor in the house? Someone who plays one anyway? Um, I don't know. Is, uh, n- newspaper? Aren't we supposed to have newspaper and hot water? Isn't that something that you're supposed to have when you're delivering a baby? Yeah, I guess that's, that is one of the other interesting things about when you create a human life. Yeah. Everything pretty much pales by comparison. Pretty, at pretty the, much. At that point. It's not even fair. Was it ever anything you thought you would uh, you would want to do, be a mom, or did you think, uh, or was it one of the things where, where it happened? You're like, oh, now I totally get it. It was something that I was terrified of because I just felt like I didn't want to be responsible for another human being right. uh, that I was putting out into the world. Um, I also felt like I was never going to feel ready, and I knew like that, I, like in my gut, I wanted to have a child, so I would regret not having one. Um, and then when you do it, you go, all right, this is about being completely great with being imperfect mm-hmm. and knowing you're going to screw somebody up. And it's like a it's like a t- everyday task of keeping him from killing himself <laughs> and keeping him like just surviving the day, you know, and like you did good. That's great. You know, and along the way, if you can empower him with some knowledge or teach him a little thing here and there you've done a phenomenal job <laughs> what, how old is he now he's almost two he's almost two yeah. so he's not quite at the gotham watching age yet <laughs> not quite maybe mm-hmm. another year or two but you do a lot of stuff that a kid would flip out over yeah i, I mean I like all the superhero voiceover stuff i wonder what? if he's gonna appreciate it or if he's just gonna be like that's embarrassing mom. and you know what four-year-olds love homeland i don't, I don't know if you're aware <laughs> of this. it's huge it's huge the kids love they love terrorists they love terrorists and they love they love dense drama and yeah. Yeah. Twists and turns. That's no, the, yeah. I mean, kids really love Mandy Patinkin. They do. To be honest. <laughs> it's the beard. He can sing. <laughs> I bet he's a fucking great with kids. <laughs> Mandy Patinkin? Yeah. I mean, he'd be amazing. I mean, he'd just, uh, just sing all the time. You know, I, I, I have to say, I'd, I'd be... I, Homeland was a show that I hadn't, I haven't watched because I'm. I, there was so much social pressure put on me. Like, right. this is like the you right. have to like the wire. You, you, you don't want to see it. I know. I, I saw the wire like five years later or something. Yeah, yeah. but you probably loved it, right? I love. It was the. I think it's still the best show that's ever been put on television. See, and I know I'm going to feel that way about Homeland, and and I and I feel I'm scared to take. So wait, on, so you still haven't watched? I still it. haven't watched it. That's amazing. I'm terrified to get into it because I don't want it. I don't need another obsession. I'll t- look. I'll tell you honestly what yeah. you're going to think. Okay. Um. It is completely addictive. Yeah. Not all of it you're going to be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like some of it's a little preposterous, but that's what's entertaining. It's television. It's television, but it is really classy. It is really well, like the stories are, I think, really well told. Um, And the acting is really good in it. Yeah. Good actors, you know? Um, And and some of it is sometimes a little big, and I just I I I appreciate it. I feel like it was a solid group of people trying to do something a little bit different, you know. I mean, I I think you know when you sort of, I I really I hope you appreciate when you look at all the work that you've done. That I mean, all these things they're all really things to be proud of. Like even if you just did one of those shows, (laughs) I'm really proud of that. Oh, thank you. I mean, you know. Firefly with it, it's sort of like the effect that it had on culture and, yeah. and you know our subculture and uh, and then Homeland and and it's like and and even Gotham like Gotham's a really cool show too like everything yeah. 
you know, it, do you are you good if you find yourself on a project and you don't have to say which one, <laughs> but if you find yourself on a project and you're like, oh, this isn't really what I thought it was going to be. Like, how, do you are you yeah. able to call upon the Juilliard skills? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all taken those jobs. That is a paycheck. You know, sometimes you have to float the boat, and sometimes it's a job that's even like. There's like one or two things about it that you're like, oh, like that's kind of interesting. And then you get there and you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> it, I've had that happen and it's fine. You just get through it and you make the best of it. You know, it's not it's really not that bad. You can't predict what a show or a movie is going to be like. You know, you don't know who the people you're going to be working with, what what that's going to feel like until you get there. Yeah. I, I mean, not being an actor, I don't have to worry as much about I hope everyone's not dicks when I get there, right. you know? And you just don't right. know what the collection of and human that's beings. that's surprisingly a big part of it, honestly, because you're spending a lot of time with these people. Yeah. And then you have to do press together. And then you're like, it's just like an experience in your life that takes time away from your family and your regular life. Yeah. And, you know, no matter what you think about, well, acting's not that hard, or actually it is very hard, you know, you can't deny the fact that you're getting in a room with a bunch of strangers and you're making yourself... Your brain doesn't fully know the difference between when you're asking your brain to emote in a certain right. way. It doesn't. You're still having, to some degree, you're having those emotions, and you're making yourself vulnerable with a group of people that you don't that yeah. you don't know. Yeah. I mean, it almost seems like it would be, in some instances, psychotic, less, psychotic, <laughs> and less daunting to just take off your clothes and be like, "Well, here I am, naked." Right. I mean, like to be that right. emotionally vulnerable. That's true. I mean, in some ways, that's what it feels like. You know, you kind of you are very emotionally vulnerable with the people you work with, and and I'm not, not even just talking about like romantic, you know, things you have to do on camera together, but just emoting, you know, being vulnerable. You need to feel safe. You need to feel like the person across from you is not a jerk or judging you sure. or whatever. And is it really just a question of going back to the old skill set if you're in a situation where you – I mean, acting is fake mostly, but – but when you're in that situation, do you have a thing that you do? Go, okay, i got to reach into this toolbox to sort of get through this thing. I, I tend to do really well under stressful situations because it works me up. And then I have like sort of a wealth of like emotion at my disposal. Uh-huh. And I end up being able to channel it. Like I've been in really shitty situations where people are just mean and – I get competitive and I'm like, I'm going to fucking show you up. You're a piece of shit. And I just go there, you know, and like I, I've, I go into survival mode. That's good. It's good. I mean, it's a little weird, but it's good. You know, I'm sure I don't know, there might be a time when I'm completely defeated by somebody. We'll see. Um, and then I will. Man, it'll be man. <laughs> but you would have to. I mean, I think, you know, anyone who's trying to get into this business or anyone who's been in it for a long time and hasn't really hit it yet you you have to have some type of a survival because it's such a it's such a defeating business across so many different angles and even when i imagine you know even when you think like oh i've kind of made it now then that's a whole new set of weird ways you've never made it kicked in the head (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know i don't know if you ever feel like you've made it i mean that's why robert de niro is in the intern this week (laughs) (laughs) no matt you understand he's a really old guy and he's an intern and, yeah, and that's why it's crazy. Oh, so that... he's got to fold in with this young <laughs> oh. crowd, and, you know. And I think he's going to learn some stuff from them, and they might learn some stuff from him. You so know, this it's is like... something I've seen before. Oh, that sounds completely fresh. To me. <laughs> guys, guys, all you need to know is Anne Hathaway's in it. Oh, Anne Hathaway's in it. That's... She seems like a delight. That's all. She does seem like a delight. I think she. she does. Gets, I think she gets a bad. I think she got a bad rap sometimes because. Yeah. Well, I think I think she. Uh, you know what it is? It, it's. I think there's something about. Uh, sometimes I think actors, you're very, you seem very comfortable just talking as yourself. I think sometimes actors, I think are actors for a reason. They get to be other people. Right. And when you put them under a spotlight and go, okay, you talk as right. yourself, I right. think that can be very difficult, especially if you're a young, yeah. if you start off as a child actor, it's just a weird, yeah, it's it just is. a weird life. That's it what is. Billy Joel's uh, album with Strangers is all about, you know? We all <laughs> Good, have okay, different well, we'll masks, send that to her. Guys. You know, it's like, just kick back and listen to the subtle tunes of Billy Joel, and, uh, and then all your problems will go away. Well, you can learn from Billy Joel. <laughs> but I can. But I think it's I think it's important to bottle of red. <laughs> That's, on That's, that That's on that album. That's on that album. I know. Good job. She knows what's up. Is that the uh, is that the you know scenes from a New York restaurant? Scenes from an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Scenes from an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. It's about Brenda and Eddie. 
They were the popular studies. The king and the queen of the ball. All right, good. Anyway. All right, you know way more Billy Joel <laughs> than I thought you I'm would. I'm from the East Coast. I have to. Oh, I guess that's true, yeah. They don't let you. That's how you survive. <laughs> it's stable to your birth certificate. Yeah. It's just a bunch of Billy Joel lyrics and a couple Springsteen songs. You're given a choice of a Red Sox or Yankees hat and a Billy Joel CD. <laughs> Where did you grow up? I grew up in New York. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. New York City. I, I mean, I, was, I moved there when I was seven from Brazil. I was born in Brazil. Spent that part of my life there. Oh, do you remember it? I do, of course. And my whole family lives there. So I, I went back every summer to be with my family. It's, it's awesome. Do you speak the Portuguese? I speak the Portuguese. Oh, wow. Don't ask me to say anything. I won't ask okay. you to say anything. <laughs> uh, but what is the, what's the fundamental difference between Portuguese and Spanish? Um, Portuguese sounds like Russian on crack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a, a weird romance language that sounds Slavic and uh, pronunciation is unbelievably difficult. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a it's a really tough language. I'm I'm trying to speak only Portuguese with my son, and he understands everything. But he when he goes to speak it, he's got this cute little American accent. <laughs> he's like just learning how to talk, but it's just like so hard to pronounce the words. And is this because you want? Because obviously, outside of you, there, I don't know how, how much call is there to be able to speak Portuguese. And no, it's more for family, for family, like for him to be able to communicate with my mom and you know that side of the family that doesn't speak English very well. Plus, yeah. if you're gonna teach a kid language, now's the time. Well, he's two yeah, years I mean, old. and that's another thing. It's sort of like just laying the groundwork for other languages that he may want to learn. You know, he'll like be more adapt and and be able to do it. Well, especially can. especially also teaching a ch- like I think giving a child that skill set opens them up for so many other yeah. things and so you know i really wish uh yeah my, i really wish i had learned something other than this language <laughs> when, I, when i was growing I wish up. my parents had told me to put down the cake but here we are <laughs> <laughs> noted <laughs> does it does having a kid ref, does that affect the types of work decisions that you make, oh, if I do this, I'm going to go away, or mm, that's a weird sure. kind of a show. Or... Absolutely, absolutely. You weigh all of your time away from him. In fact, one of the first things I said when I got here was like, well, my son wakes up at 2, so I better be home by 2. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, know? home by two. you literally, like, everything you do, you're like, I want to spend as much time as possible. How can I finagle, you know, this little bit of time so I can be with him? I mean, the I'm very lucky that I have a job where I can bring my kid to work or, you know, he can hang out in my trailer. We can spend time together. Not everybody has that luxury. If sure. I was a lawyer or even a doctor, you're on call. You just can't be around them. But um, you do. You weigh every job against the time you're not going to spend at home. What and if then you were against a lawyer and you provide. had to take your kid with you to court? I smell a sitcom guy. Oh, oh God. <laughs> uh, uh, all rise for nap time. Yeah, because I, I was always... Um, when I ever thought about, whenever I thought about having kids, I thought, well, but what I do is inherently selfish. Like my job is inherently selfish and requires me to make selfish choices about mm-hmm. where I go and how long I'm gone and touring and with stand up and stuff. And uh, if I have a child, I don't know if I'm going to. I'm terrified because I know I'll, it's more important for me to put the child first. And will I be able to to do that? That is the the that is the question when you're thinking about having a kid is. What do you, what am I losing? And you you lose a big part of your identity and yourself. You feel like you do, especially I think as a mom, a uh, working mom, is you feel like, what am I giving up? What's it worth? And then when the baby's born, you're like, I don't want to do anything. I want to sit here and look at this child for the rest of my <laughs> life. And then, of course, slowly you start to feel like you need a life. And that, you know, I think a healthy separation is good. It, you know, what feeds me is going to make me a better mom and, and make him happy to see me that way. So it's just, it all kind of works out. Yeah. But it is scary in the beginning. You feel like you're going to lose something. Did you, going into it, were you like, I want to be a cool mom and I want to be like a cool hangout <laughs> mom and I'm going to let my kid do whatever. And then you realize, yeah. oh, you can't, you can't be super, super cool because the kid has to have some structure. Like you still have to for be a little sure, bit For sure. For sure. I mean, I, and I'm, st- I mean, at, at two, for sure you're dealing with that, especially. He pushes my buttons, man. But it's funny, <laughs> you know, he pushes them in a way that's different than what I expected. I thought it was going to be just like, me really mad about him smearing shit on the walls or eating dirt or whatever. We all do you those know. Well, yeah, that's like, I'm like, fine, go to town, do whatever you want. It's things like when he gets irrationally angry, you know, and I can't do anything about it. And I'm like, oh, how do I, how do I deal with this? Yeah. You can't rationalize with a two-year-old. You can't explain, like, get in your car seat because you're going to die if you don't sit in your car seat. I'm trying to keep you alive. Yes. Um, so, you know, that's what gets me. <laughs> yeah, I think there is a, 
do you have any sort of control freaky issues? Because that because I think that would be the one um, for me. Like that, what you just described. Yeah, I, you are. I don't, and I think the people who are really good at parenting are like, yeah, just get it out, just bur- burn it out, and right, we'll exactly. deal with it when you're done. I, I don't know if I'd be able to. Yeah, and I mean, and that's the thing is like you. I, I'm very A type, and I like things on a schedule, and I like to be on time to everything. And I've learned with a kid that's not always possible. You just have to. You either aggravate yourself and get yourself all worked up because you're trying to keep to a schedule and like keep him on a schedule. And then if you just go, all right, you don't want to sit in the car seat. Let's sit in the car and hang out for the next hour. <laughs> Eventually, you're going to get bored, and we're going to sit in the car seat. But then you're like an hour late to your meeting, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. it is you're doing. But it was more important to sit there. And- yeah, to not freak out and yell and you know whatever. Or you miss the start of court. Guys, guys, you're really <laughs> pitching the show. This is really, it's gonna be, it's gonna be. It's gonna I was be gonna say ABC Family, and then I really, you know, my fiance watches all the ABC Family shows, mm-hmm. and so many of them are so depressing. Yeah, it's just, you know. Oh God, I bet. Oh, it's just, it's just like. Well, I mean, the kid could be recently orphaned, and the lawyer has to take it. I mean, if you want to depress the fuck out of the show, that then we, you've just made an ABC we, Family show. We can do it. You've you've just made. Can an we ABC add a family dog show. in there? Yeah, yeah, dog, and also terminal cancer on the lawyer. Yeah, right. I'm serious. She watches the she watches the show called Chasing Life, which is mm-hmm. a it's a lovely well, show. I can already tell you that sounds depressing. Well, everyone in the show. You know, like how on True Blood, like everyone was a magical creature. Uh-huh. It's the same thing, except everyone has a deadly disease, oh, wow. and it's just it's everyone awful. like living their lives and trying to find the bright side of everyone. You know, at, that sounds like an awesome circum- documentary that you want to watch for maybe forty-five minutes. Yeah, but it's scripted. Not it's a, a scripted show. Yeah, yeah, it's a scripted show, and and it's and she and it's funny because I'll I'll come in and I can hear it. In, in in the TV room, I can hear her watching it. And then she she comes in, I just hear it pause. She's like, "Oh, you probably don't want to watch the cancer show." I'm like, "Well, I mean, you know, we can, or we could watch Doctor Who." I mean, like, but either way, either one, either yeah, one, yeah. either one. You're totally you're totally fine with. I mean, do you when you're working on stuff that's really intense and you are feeling those emotions? What, what do you do at the end of a day, especially when you have to be a mom? Like, how a bottle do you... of red, a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Again, guys, Billy Joel has Billy all the Joel answers. All the answers. Billy Joel is a lawyer. It's <laughs> a kid in court. I love it. I love it. And then finally... No, I don't know. You decompress. You try to not take it home um, as best you can. It's not always easy. Billy Joel has to become a public defendant after his last DUI. <laughs> yeah. But then he becomes a lawyer so he can defend himself. I love it. And then... I love it. What is it... What, what do you think... What do you? Th- what are the strengths that you think of having? Like, what are the strengths from Brazilian culture that you feel like mm. are, have have made you the person that you are, or what are applicable to to what you do? I do have a sort of. I I don't know. I I I feel like I'm always up for a good time. <laughs> like, this is my family is like this. Where like you know you're planning. Like people here get really stressed out about like Thanksgiving Day dinners and like planning for families and like it's fun but there's like this whole prep that goes into it. my family gets ready by, by doing stuff like that that's like everybody's always late uh, dinner's four hours late and <laughs> but we're dancing and drinking through the whole thing mm-hmm. yeah. the whole process and it makes everything okay that drives the, my American A-type side insane as soon as I relax and I go it's okay and get into it I'm there like I'm happy I'm having a good time so I have this sort of like dual personality where I can be chill about stuff and then like really be on schedule. Oh, that's interesting. There's yeah. a cultural struggle within there you. There is. A yeah, genetic a cultural, cultural struggle. struggle within you. There definitely is. No, Marina. Yes, Marina. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I've never been to Brazil, but I, I've if I is it where 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 would one go if one were to? Visit well, I'm Brazil? from Rio, and I highly recommend Rio. I feel like Rio is a really nice combo of um, a great you know metropolitan city. With some of the most beautiful like beaches and mountains that you've ever seen, um, it it really is like, and the people there are so warm, and you know it's a beach culture. Everybody's in flip flops all the time, and like they go to work at like nine. They take like a one hour break or two hour break at lunch to go to the beach, like in a suit <laughs> and hang out there for a while. And then they go back to work and then they go take a nap and they go back to work again. Like it, there's like this constant sort of rolling of life where like one thing bleeds into the other. There's never like a strict schedule for anything. It's kind of amazing. And do you find that uh, – do you find that what I believe to kind of be this American culture of – Work, 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 and then squeeze everything else in. You find that well, to be unhealthy? 
Um, it's different. I think parts of it are definitely unhealthy. I mean, we tend to have, and again, this is my internal struggle with myself, we tend to have this concept of work now, work really hard when you're young, save up, and later in life enjoy. So sure. it's, this, it's this feeling of hoarding your, your uh, money and hoarding your good time until you're done with the work part. And in Brazil, it's sort of like enjoy life as you go. So like maybe you don't – you skip that meeting, but you have a really great cocktail hour with your friends and then you pay for it later, you know. Right. Uh, and I find that in my experience, that tends to lead to a happier uh, overall life. You know, I think that our, sometimes when we hoard our good time – when you get to the good time, you're like, okay, now I really, I have to have a good time now. now <laughs> you can like, type A about having a good yeah, time. Are know, we doing it? This is a good time. Yeah, are we this in is it? good, We're right? In it now. This is really good. That was a really good you time. You gotta know when to seize the moment sometimes and just like let go. Yeah, I didn't really learn that until until recently, <laughs> and it was through a relationship where someone taught me like, oh no, it's okay to just have right, fun exactly. and, and relax, yeah. and you don't have to work every minute of the day. Ah, I feel so good. It's about time. <laughs> Matt's known me for years. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's been really difficult. So are you are you good with time off? Uh, I can be, and I also get scared. I mean, as an actor, you know, you kind of go like often when you have time off is because you're unemployed, and then right. of course all you're thinking about is like, when am I going to work again? And then you get the job, and you're like, oh, I really want a vacation. You know? <laughs> like you just had two months off, you know. Yeah. So it's it's tough. I mean, I love being on a show and knowing I have three months off or two months off and then I'm going to start a season again. And like that allows me to really fit in everything I want to do during that time. But not cram in. But in that time, aren't you like, maybe I should just cram in a couple movies? Well, I actually actually did that last (laughs) night. (laughs) I did. That's right. I shot Deadpool uh, during my Gotham Oh, yeah, that's right. Deadpool. Oh, my God. People are so excited. I'm so excited about Deadpool. Thank you. I am, too. I really want to see it. Um, I loved shooting it. It was a blast. I mean, I have to tell you... I'm, I moderated the Deadpool panel at Comic-Con this year in San Diego. You did? I did. And it was... Wait, wait, wait. Was I there? No, you weren't there. Why wasn't I there? I was at Comic-Con. I don't know. It was the Fox panel. Oh. Right? Oh, the Gotham. No, the... For for Deadpool. For Deadpool. Yeah. You were in the footage, but you weren't on the panel. No, I was on the panel. I was. I remember you now. Really? (laughs) I was, yeah. I was. No, I promise. Yeah, I was. Oh, shit, you were. I was, yeah. All right. Look, I'm on a. Okay, no, we do. I was like, wait, was I? Oh, you did? Was I there? Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you forgot first. (laughs) No, it was you. You know, your forgetting made me forget. I I can't take responsibility for fucking. It's insane, because then, like, all the people from all the Fox superhero movies came out. And I was like. Let's not just gloss over that moment. That was fucking amazing. That was amazing. We were both so. I know. My my brain was so fried. I did 11 panels that year. I'm sure you did. year, but. but, I'm sure you did. Oh, but yeah, that's right. That's totally. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, t- you you presented me on. T- I came onto stage after you called my name. I did, yeah, and you yeah. sat there, and then T.J. Miller and I made a bunch of horse fucking jokes. That's yeah, right. Now. That's you right. That's why we don't remember. Andy Patinkin. <laughs> Andy Patinkin should have been there. He would have saved the day. <gasps> yes. Yeah, so you were. I'm so glad, and 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 I hope you understand the because there were so many. You know, X Men Apocalypse was there, and of course Star yeah. Wars: The Force Awakens was 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 there, and those of course got huge receptions. But I don't think I've ever seen anything in Hall H like. Deadpool. That was amazing. Where people literally leapt to their... Because I think they expected the other movies. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Right. Star Wars. Right, right. But Deadpool is a fan favorite. No one knew it was ever going to happen. And right. then here it is. And then it looks like, oh, that might be the way that I wanted it. The people leaping to their feet and demanding to see the footage again. That was crazy. That was so crazy. We did not expect that at all. Yeah, it was, it was so amazing cool. how we were both there and that we both remember <laughs> that we were both there. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a blur to me. I was there with Gotham and Deadpool. We were like, I was like ping ponging back and forth between the two, and I was like, oh my god, what am I doing? Where am I going now? But it was amazing to see that reaction. That was really cool. Yeah. Do you put, do you put the mask on and walk the floor at all? Or are you able to? I, I didn't do it this year because I literally didn't have a free moment. Um, but I have done that in the past. It's pretty amazing. It is. It amazing. gives me a little bit of anxiety. It's a, so many people. It's a lot of people. It is over. It's overwhelming if you're not. I think you kind of need to be a little focused. I think it's easier if you know exactly what it is that you're going that to. You want to go see. If you yeah. just walk out onto the floor and you're like, yeah, ah, you know, yeah. it does feel it's a little nuts. And there's a constant barrage of like people on megaphones or like on whatever, just telling you so and so signing and blah blah blah, and so and so then welcome the cat, and you're like, ah. Yeah, it's crazy. Have you do, did you do a signing this year? Did you do signing? Yeah, we did a quick signing for Gotham. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You're, uh, 
the 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 kid who plays Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Dave uh, David Mazuz, I think is his last his, name. Uh, <laughs> his mom was my therapist for a couple of years. No, yes. So a couple of years ago, maybe last year, amazing. I, I'm at, I'm at like the Warner Brothers party, and then I see this woman, and I'm like, what? What's my therapist? What are you doing, doing here? here? <laughs> I mean, it was almost. I thought it for a second. I died. Oh, you start seeing the people right. from your life. From your life, you know. I, I died. I must have died. And then. Uh, I was like, what are you doing? She was like, my son is on Gotham. Like, that's it was the strangest. Amazing. Yeah. But that's so bizarre. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. She's an amazing. She's an, I've had I've had like weird my therapist before her was was used to be on SNL. Like I've just this weird history of really good crazy therapy stories. I would um reconsider your therapist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> outside the Seems like none of it worked until now. <laughs> <laughs> It all worked fine, Matt. I'm, I'm okay. Everything's good. But it is a... a how, how do you kind of stay... How do you stay balanced? How do you stay balanced with everything? Oh, I don't know that I am. I mean, I, I try. I don't know. I think you have to take a step back, I think, like, and just really go... I, this is... My job is ridiculous in a way. It's really important. I love what I do, and I'm glad I bring joy to people, but it is a job, and I can't take it home. You can't, like... You can't believe everything that's said. You can't feed into everything. You have to kind of like have a healthy separation, I think. Because you don't have neurotic energy at all. Like there's nothing in your <laughs> eyes that says like crazy. Like you just seem pretty cool and shit focused and, you know, like. I, I mean, I try to be. I definitely, you get caught up sometimes. You know, things really piss you off. And, you know, when you get, fi- you get fired from a job or like something you love gets canceled or whatever, like it's hard not to get involved or you don't get a job you fight so hard for and you think you deserve I mean it gets to you you're a person and then you let it go you go all right what's more important my son is healthy you know like everything's fine I'm making a living we're all gonna survive this (laughs) what do you think is the most important thing that you want to instill in your son um I think polite confidence you know like somebody who knows the difference between being an asshole and being confident, mm-hmm. but confident in the sense of like helping people, like just knowing when somebody's full of shit and you had to stand your ground, but not overly confident because nobody likes an A-type male with a lot of confidence. <laughs> well, the overly confident thing is compensating. Like that, yeah, that's, com- that's, that, that's compensating for low self-esteem. That's you know, true. that's that's the barky dog on the chain. Right. You know, that's not real. That's not right, real right, confidence. Right, right. That's just like. I just want him to be a good person, not be a dick. Yeah. You know, there are there's enough of those. There's yes. enough of those dicks in the world. Yes. But it's, you know, I, I, I wonder how much control, you know, because you obviously, you can't control who your kids hang with. You can't control right. what happens. You can't control, right. you know, and kids are being inundated with so much information at all times now. Yeah. It's like, if you do try to over control that, then that doesn't work either. Yeah. So, yeah, I know it's hard. And, and you know, now he's too, he's sheltered in my world. You know, he's he t- he does what I tell him to do, but... When he starts to go to school and and be around other kids doing bad things and I don't I, what the hell am I gonna do? Yeah, cell phones, cell yeah. phones. I don't. I'm not on Facebook. I don't understand how that shit works. Like, <laughs> how am I gonna control him? You're gonna have to get on social media just so you can monitor his activities. Shit. You're gonna have to set up fake Snapchat profiles I, and I just you know. I, I have to be honest. I don't know what, what is Snapchat. Can you explain it to me? Well, it used to be a dick pic app. Um, it is, right? Okay, so it Not was. anymore. Not anymore. Because it was temporary. It was temporary, so you could send things. You know, I think kids were sending dirty things to mm-hmm. each other because it would disappear. It doesn't really work that way anymore. But does it really disappear? No. Not, no. 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 And especially not now. And especially now you can get apps that capture stuff that's supposed to disappear. But, but you right. know, it, the user base is so strong that um, you know, me, the, the, like, it's becoming a, an, a legitimate platform for entertainment. Like real media companies are are putting content on Snapchat because that's where you know everyone wants the goddamn millennials, and that's where they're wow. getting their entertainment because you know entertainment is so splintered. People don't just sit down and watch television yeah. anymore, and we're spoiled as consumers. We can watch what we want, when we want, however we want. Yeah. So the challenge is how do you how do you put things in front of those audiences? Right, exactly. You know, but you know, with a show like Gotham, it's I mean, ultimately, it's a legacy property, so people right. are going to follow it. Right, right, right. You know, as long as it it had to prove that it was worth following, and it right. did. Right. So I feel like shows like Gotham are a little immune to that. Stuff, right? Because people are going to want to, you know, they're going to want to follow the the, yeah. the Batman lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, do you? It, it, what else? What other kinds of stuff would you want to do? I mean, do you do you have a do you have plans for? I really want to try to get this kind of role, or do you? Is it just like let's see what comes? Yeah, I mean, I think I have like dream roles, you know, and a lot of it involves like sort of like period pieces and things I've never really gotten to do. Um, I think I've got like the. <laughs> comic book world and sci-fi world under my pocket you know like i got that down um not that i don't love doing it but i'm definitely ready to do more of other stuff um but i don't know i I really love things that challenge me and scare me so if like if i read something and i go oh god i can't do that i'm like all right i gotta do that i gotta really go for that one um and Homeland was one of those, you know, it was like, I, I didn't, didn't even, I didn't think I could get that job. You know, I had supposed to have a 16 year old daughter and, you know, I, I'm like a, the wife of a Marine in middle America. Like nobody's going to buy this, you know? Yeah. And then I got, I was like, wow. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's about just finding those, those different roles that speak to you in a, for whatever reason, Yeah. you know, do you collect anything? Um, just like in general, yeah. Memories, Chris. Yeah, yeah, memories. All like, do, memories. Do you collect anything? Wait, let me think about that. I must. I just think it's an interesting way to like you can learn you can learn stuff about people when you find out what they, if someone collects. Oh, I collect state spoons, or oh, I really collect <laughs> this, or you know, like I collect. I have I have this really weird insect collection. I like I like I have an insect collection. My girlfriend and I both like like vintage Victorian taxidermy. So we have like interesting. Our, so like my house sort of looks like a natural history museum in a lot of ways. Wow. And she, coincidentally also has the same aesthetic so i don't know if that means that i'm a old serial killer or what that means but my uh, son would love your house Um, i I bet he would yeah there's a lot of neat stuff in there (laughs) i don't know if i collect anything i used to you know when i was in high school this is so so weird i used to collect do you remember the absolute ads i don't know if they still do oh yeah of course the absolute vodka they were always different there was always some image i used to collect all those hats (laughs) (laughs) ripped them out of magazines and put them in a folder my mom was always like why are you collecting vodka ads is it the booze or i know i was like oh i like the way the pictures look they're pretty yeah what what were you like in high school (laughs) um i was shy uh, high school is when I started acting. I went to performing arts high school called um, LaGuardia High School uh-huh. in New York. And that's when I kind of got the bug. Um, so I started coming out of my shell a little bit. But when I first got to high school, I was incredibly shy. Uh, in New York City, as a New York City kid, to survive, you have to like really like sort of blend in. And everybody was wearing these like baggy jeans and like jabot shirts. And like there was like a <laughs> uniform, you know. And when I got to high school, I finally realized like I could be an individual. I could be my own person. And that was that was a real revelation, especially being around all these art, you know, artists sure, and kids sure. who were doing drama and whatever. So I, I kind of like came out of my shell a little bit. But I was I was still painfully shy and... You know, I didn't want to be noticed a lot. I didn't want to, like, piss anybody off or have anybody look at me, you know, which is very – just did my work and did you have I was a, a friend, good student. Did you have a friend group? I had, like, two friends in high school who I'm still in touch with, um, but that was about it. I was, like – I was never into a clique or a big group. It was always just, like, the one girlfriend I had and we went to school every day together and came home every day together. Did you go to a reunion? Did you have a reunion? That you went? Didn't go. My high school was so huge. I did not know 80% of the kids in my class. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it was very, you know, just not my thing. Just kind of a weird thing to yeah. go back. I was oh, hey, look. I still don't remember any of these people. I don't know any of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you go to yours? I don't think we had one. You didn't have one at all? No. No, I didn't go to any of mine. There's only like 40 kids, and we don't give a shit. Uh, that would have been nice, though, to go see. Yeah. Right, because you had like probably an intimate relationship you know with them. Is, like, because of Facebook now... Right, every, you have a reunion kinda, every day. Yeah, you sort of, you sort of see everyone every <gasps> right. day anyway, so it's like the, the grand reveal of like, oh my god, you turned out like this. Like You right. already know that. Cause... I also just don't find that interesting. Like I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I don't... I, don't, like, I, I have no connection to those people and like... It seems like such a different life. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like my Juilliard friends I, I or people I was, I'm slightly fascinated because so many don't go on to, to act. And I'm like, God, you just spent four years doing this, like hardcore and paying thousands of dollars for an education. And now you're like teaching or you're, you know, you just like completely went. Just oh, gave it up. Well, I, it up. I, but I think that's, you know, when you're young, you do, you try on different identities. Right. And maybe that's just one of those things that right. you... Trying a mask. You're trying a mask, and you're like, I don't like the mask. I love it. Yeah. You take the you take the mask Stranger, off. You know? But I think that's also kind of an interesting. There's almost a kind of an interesting social Darwinism behind that because it 
it weeds out. I mean, if you if you can go through all that and still want to do it, you right. should probably be doing it. Right, 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 right. If you right, go through right. that and you don't, then you probably shouldn't you be doing shouldn't it. Shouldn't be doing it because it's not. It. If yeah. you're passionate about it, you yeah. would do it. You know, it's pretty incredible that out of twenty people, you know, like you'd think there'd be a higher percentage. I think really, like in my entire class, maybe four or five people still act. Wow, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot that goes along with that. That's not just about acting. I mean, like the time yeah. that you spend actually acting is infinitesimal compared to all the shit that you know. That's so Auditioning, <laughs> driving around, waiting in trailers. Like, yeah, the, the amount of time that yep. you actually spend doing your craft is is a, is the is the minority of, yeah. of of the time. So I think all the other shit. Is just you know that that's probably what makes it not <laughs> attractive to yeah, people. Like I don't yeah. even get to do the thing I want to do. Totally, because uh, you can't just you know. It's not for everyone, that's for sure. Do you? Uh, would you just take a chunk of time off and just do play? I mean, you could probably, if you wanted to do plays, you could probably just go do plays. Too. I could. I, I'd like to. It's about sort of fitting it into the schedule, figuring out when's a good time. Um, I think luckily being in New York on Gotham probably will allow me that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it's a good schedule, I think, for for a, ki- a family. You know, having a kid, it's a couple hours a night. So I just have to work it out. You know, they own me. <laughs> Gotham owns, Gotham owns me. you for now. Yeah. So when is a? Uh, uh, do you want to? I mean, obviously, since we're talking about Gotham, what what are all the details for? Uh, I, I think I may have it in the notes for the premiere. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, it premiered Monday, twenty first, yep. and uh, it's on Monday nights at eight on Fox. Yeah, we get we got the nut. Yes, it's on yes, eight o'clock. Eight. <laughs> yeah, eight o'clock sounds right. Seems like an eight o'clock show. It's probably on at eight o'clock Monday nights yeah. on Fogs. It's really violent this year, though. Which <laughs> Do I'm you like, like that? Wow, eight o'clock. I um yeah. I mean, I I like how they treat it. You don't literally see everything, everything, but. Sure. Sometimes I'm a little squeamish about it. I feel like it's not that necessary. Did you get more squeamish after you had a kid? I did. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. I did. You get more because you have a thing that's more important than you in your life. And when yeah. you see horrible things, oh, man. when you see horrible things, yeah. you just project and it makes you feel weird. And plus, like, whenever I see somebody getting hurt, I'm like, that's somebody's child. Yes. You know, you like empathize with the mom. Mm, so you're a good mom. <laughs> if, you're a good, if, you, if you weren't a good mom, you wouldn't even be like, yeah, kick that guy in the fucking head. You know? <laughs> but a good mom will be able to empathize with people. I guess so. This proves, this proves that you're not a narcissist. Hey. Which is really good. I'm glad I came today. You've... <laughs> <laughs> no, prove she's not a sociopath. No, prove she's not a narcissist. Because narcissists don't feel empathy. Neither be sociopaths. Uh, well, yeah. you're not both. So I'm congratulations. Neither. You're not a sociopath. Today's a good narcissist. day. Yeah, Today's so a good day. you're good. But every time, you know, the, the few times that I've seen you, you've always been so cool and and uh, and 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 I really appreciate it. And I and I think you know, not just in your work, but uh, but I, I think you'd be a good. I think you're a good role model for young actors, Thank like just you. being able to sort of balance everything and. Be cool and have a family and still, you know. I, I mean, yeah. I feel like I, I'm failing a little bit at everything. And I think that's normal to feel that way. Do you know <laughs> well, what I mean? If you feel like yeah. that, you could talk to the kid that plays Bruce Wayne's mom. <laughs> <laughs> She's very good. Great idea. She's always around She's the set. She's right there. She's right She's there. She's always right there. You could just. That's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. You know, you could trick Thank her you. into it and don't let on that you know. And just you know, like, I'm, I, can you help me with something? I just want your <laughs> advice. God, have you ever just, you know, ever felt overwhelmed by the. Well, anyway, I don't want to bore you. You seem like a great mom. Uh, <laughs> listen. <laughs> you know, she is a cool mom. And that's one of the reasons of why I always like her. Kid's as Bruce a, Wayne. As, as a therapist, is that she had very right. much mom energy. And sometimes, uh, sometimes a, a, a therapist will come at you with academia. Right, but she has a lot of really good like mom intuitive right. thought. Right, right, which right. I think makes it. I think that because you that's difficult to teach. Yes, it is. Do you feel intuitive? Yeah, I do, and, and I think intuition is something that's not really celebrated in in this country, and mm-hmm. that's something that like I think women especially need, need to really like listen to themselves and tap into. I can't tell you all the times I've done stupid things in my life is because I didn't listen to my my intuition. You, you know, yeah, you you were you thought you were smarter than your gut. Yeah, exactly, and that's never the case. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's an important quality about being a parent in general. Yeah, I think I think it is a good lesson to, uh, you know, I've been in situations before, and what do I do with this? And you know, someone said to me once, like, yeah, you know, your gut's smarter than your brain. Yeah, you know, listen, listen to your gut always, even when you can't explain it. You know, yeah. you have to go with it. If something feels weird, if something yes. feels off, there are there are sections of your brain that you can't articulate that are trying to yes. tell you. Yes. They're just sort of screaming through a wall, like. <laughs> Exactly. You should, to, you should listen to those things. Exactly. Is that and and you think that ultimately is that helps define someone as a as a strong person or a strong woman? It's like just listen to yourself and don't let anyone 
Yeah, it's you know it's hard when you like don't have a rational backup for why you want to do something or like you're feeling like you shouldn't do something, but there's no rational, there's no reason really. There's nothing you can cite and say, well, it's because of this. But it's just a feeling you have. I think it's incredibly hard to stand behind that. Yeah, I, my, my I have I basically have an exterior hard drive intuition of my mom, who is uh-huh. like one of the wisest people I know, and and I feel stupid most of the time, and I listen to her because right. I know like, hey, you're a smart little Italian yeah. lady who is more intuitive than I am, and you're smarter than I am. Do so. you still call her for advice and stuff? Constantly. That's my, you know, my mom is. I, I'm not, this sounds really weird to say, but like my mom's one of my closest friends. Oh, which I is, hope uh, I have that with my son one day. That's so nice. Yeah, and 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 you know, of course, when I was young, I thought she didn't know anything, and then, of course, <laughs> as I got older, I really started to understand how you know how wonderful and empathetic, and how right. you know, how intuitive and wise she is. Right. And, and I'm and I'm I think I'm a better person for becoming smart enough to appreciate her in that yeah. way. So yeah, we we talk all the time, and that's cool. you know, like I'll, you know, like almost. Not in like a creepy way, like yeah. may I have dinner now, mother? You know, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. creepy, but you know, but you know, my mom's a real estate agent, and so like we're my fiance and I are looking at a house, and she's helping us through the process, and right. she's great. You right. just yeah. finished your house, I know, but it's not a good house for a couple. You were gonna say for something else? No, that's not true. I, here's the thing: <laughs> I which of house... your four floors is not good for a all couple? Right, Matt, let's let's calm it down. All right? <laughs> let's just calm it down. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, the, the thing is um, the house is a, very much an expression of my point of view mm-hmm. you had it before you guys yes met, I did and and even though in as much as the aesthetic very much is in line with what she also enjoys right. mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it'd be nice for us to have a space that we create together of course and not like because yeah. she just lives in an apartment and you know on the west side and right it, she was a, always a temporary solution for her anyway, so we can't both move into her place. And I just kind of thought, you know, I don't know. I, well, just, I want a place where she feels flip good that too. Bitch, what? Flip the, oh, flip the yeah. house. Oh, okay, all right. No, not <laughs> you're like. Wait a second. <laughs> Hang on a second. Talk about like... an actual woman like that. I'm talking about a house. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, good. Yeah, no, we are. We are. We're, I'm probably gonna probably gonna get rid of the house right. and move into a move into a different house. So, are are you? Do you own a house, or are you renting a place? I do, but I'm all over the place. You know, we shoot the show in New York, and I own property here. Or you know, it's everywhere. But we'll figure it out. It's it's uh, it's our lives. Where do you feel like your home is? Do you feel like? Well, you know, funny enough, I like I I grew up in New York, so New York does feel ultimately like home, home. But for a long time, because I bought property in in LA, I was like, oh, LA is home, and I lived here for 15 years. Lived, you know, you're never really here all the time, right? Um, and now that I'm faced with moving back to New York, I'm kind of like, but what about all these great things in LA? When I've never, I've always complained about LA. Sure. But I don't know. I think home is just going to be wherever my family is. You yeah. Know, that's just the way it is. That's nice. And you know what? That's a real nice way to end the podcast. We'll just stick the hey. podcast on a fuzzy, warm. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy that we were able to pin you down for this thank you thank, thank i'm you glad for, to be here thank you for giving us the time and uh i love talking about myself thank you <laughs> that's weird you started the podcast saying how you didn't like talking about yourself <laughs> see it's a joke that's how it yeah. did you, wait, did you gotta, wait a second are you <laughs> humor mad i don't humor. understand it's humor. no but it's just it just feels like a nice break from I play this character. I uh, know we're not doing Firefly. I know, definitely. Stand up in a press junket and just start screaming. I know. And then just kick a well, chair. Didn't over. Diane Keaton do that like a couple years ago? She Did just she? sort of like she yeah. kind of lost it at a press conference and just sort of went off on everybody. And it was oh my god, she was very stressed out at the time. It's a stressful time. Yeah. And it's like you know, it's like, it's like, like the nonstop. Mm-hmm. You know. I challenge anyone to try it. You know, we should just start doing civilian press junkets. Just like go around to small towns, set up a junket with a step and repeat. I don't And just that. line people up and ask the local butcher the same question a hundred times a in a four-hour period. First, make him have to worry about his appearance. Yeah. What are you going to wear, yeah. local butcher? Are you wear that uh, bloody apron? Well, yeah, yeah that's part of my job. <laughs> Ugh, I don't know. Uh, it kind of looks weird. Uh, and then by the time the hundredth person is like, so where's the beef come from? You know, like they'll fucking lose oh, it. Yeah, they'll lose their uh, mind. In the 80s. Yeah, they'll, they'll go all Diane Keaton on it. Um, anything else you want to plug? Anything else no. you're excited about? Not excited about anything anymore. That was it. <laughs> that we talked about it all. She's excited about uh, car seats. 
Yeah. <laughs> Deadpool and Gotham. Yeah. Those three things. Keep, keeping that In kid, that order. Keeping that kid alive. Making yeah, sure, exactly. Making sure he sits down and, and mm-hmm. relaxes. Uh, but come back anytime. Thank you. And I'll see you around. I'm, I'm ending this like this is I'm ending a phone conversation. Okay. All right. Okay, you two. No. <laughs> see you at the next panel that no, we don't remember. <laughs> By the way, we've done nine other panels since then. I guess we both forgot. Yeah. That no, was just the one. But again, I'm also excited about Deadpool. Are you Are you guys... When does that press uh, Well, we, we're doing one press day in October. Uh, the movie's released in February, so I'm assuming sometime in January we'll probably do a big junket of some sort. All right, cool. One Maybe of those, we'll, one of those oh, you know, wow, I want to kill right myself junkets. So. Gosh, you know, you... Hmm. Maybe I could convince you guys to come on at midnight because Ryan's really funny and you're he's really gr- funny and TJ great. TJ's been on a million times. It's absurd with those two. I don't get a word in. Yeah, it's great. I no, love you it. You would. I love it. You would. I just watch them. I didn't. You know, it's so interesting to hear TJ like bust out the. Oh, that was so good. That just horse. These horse fucking like like he just he just broke it out of nowhere. And any other panel, I feel like the audience would have been weirded out. But something about TJ is so. He, you should see the outtakes with that guy. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I can imagine. I can. I can imagine. No single take was the same. Yeah, no. That's. I mean, this is a guy who went to the Yogi Bear audition in a ranger outfit. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like I mean, and uh, got the part, and got the fucking part, and did it because it was a because he knew it would be funny that he did it, not yep. right. the movie, yep. but just that it would be a funny thing right. that he was in it. Yep. So yeah, I have nothing but complete admiration it's and a, adoration for that genius. man. Um, That's a good one. All right, Marina Baccarin, it was good to see you. Thank you, Chris Hardwick. Enjoy your burrito, everyone, and however you say that in Portuguese. (laughs) We don't know. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast, American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.